RadioInfluence.com. It is another edition of The Rock Stops Here. No bull crap. No BS. How did my guests make it to the top? How hard is it to stay at the top? What about life? How are they doing? Dealing with the coronavirus and the, and the pandemic and, and where it looks like we're past that now. And, you know, how are you doing? How are you doing? How are you doing? that are listening to me. Hopefully I can entertain you for the next hour. And I'll tell you, this has got to be the most interesting, wide ranging, uh, guests that on all that he's doing and has done than I've ever had before. You know, I covered this guy playing when he was a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. He was a defensive tackle. It's, it's Brad Culpepper. All right. He's a very successful attorney in the, in the Tampa Bay area. His brother-in-law is his partner. It's Culpepper Curland. Curland uh, was, is married to Brad's sister. And they've, you know, they've been in business now for quite a while and are very, very successful. And you might see, if you've ever come to the Tampa Bay area, he's got a lot of billboards around. CK Firm, Culpepper Curland. But he is, he, he's not on social media. Like, he's an interesting guy. All right. So check this out. Here's my guest. Played in the NFL. Was an All-American. Played in the NFL. Also was getting his master's while he was playing. Studying for his law degree while he was in the NFL. You think anybody is going to do that now? Studying for a law degree while you're playing? He did. He is and has been the next door neighbor to Tom Brady and Giselle and the kids next door. He lives next door to that Derek Jeter mansion. Now, Brad's going to fill us in on breaking news here that Brady did move just within two weeks ago. There was a report, and I think TMZ had it, that Brady had moved to Clearwater. Bullshit. Bull crap. Also, what it's like to be Brady's neighbor. What's it like to have that yacht that's still in, this, uh, in the boat slip right there on the dock? Uh, when they came over and for the boat parade and Gronk and all that. So we got that. Brad Culpepper also and his wife, Monica, have been on the reality TV show, The Survivor. What's it really like? Is The Survivor, is any of that fake? Is it all real? How much of is it, it, is it real? He's going to talk about that. This guy does a crossword puzzle a day. Now, he just turned 52 years old, and yet he wants to still keep his mind sharp. You know, he's a regular guy. He drinks beer, he's, but he also keeps himself in shape, and he's a dad. Oh, and his son Rex. Like, his son Rex, thank God, beat cancer. Went back to play for Syracuse after that. I can't even imagine being a parent and your child has cancer, but they made it through. They made it through. Also, Warren Sapp, Hall of Famer. Brad will put his hand in the dirt right next to Warren Sapp. What made Warren Sapp so great? He thinks he is one of the top five defensive tackles ever in the NFL. How about John Lynch? John Lynch is going to the Hall of Fame in Canton this year. Look, look, look at his track record. Played baseball for the Marlins, Hall of Famer in football, and now GM of the 49ers. This has got to be the most interesting man that I have ever run across. Sit back and enjoy. If you're not entertained by this, and you go, you might as well go somewhere else. Here he is, Brad Culpepper. All right, Brad, you might be the most interesting man that I have interviewed. I mean, I do athletes, former athletes, uh, A-listers, but you are very, very interesting. How is Brad Culpepper doing these days? You look fantastic, man. You feel good? I'm doing okay. I probably look better than I feel. Um, I actually, actually, it's my birthday on May 8th. Uh, oh. I turned 52. You so, but you know, it's probably it. not the years; it's the mileage. I, I, I think uh, I've got. I feel like I'm 52, and my hips and knees feel like they're going on 72. Um, matter of fact, I just had hip surgery uh, about a month ago. Maybe no, about two months ago. Um, they didn't didn't replace it, but they put. Uh, they, I had a labrum tear, so they sewed that back or stapled it back, and then uh, they shaved the ball of my femur that goes in there down so it didn't impinge. So it's been... I'm actually almost back to 100% on that, but it's been slow going. I no, Normally when I have surgeries, like on my knees or something, I feel better. Mm-hmm. So then I, then I actually had... Uh, <laughs> 
I had some cortisone in my in my right knee, and then put they put some of that turkey juice or cinnabis. Actually, it's doing real well. Monica and I just got back from Cabo, and and we we went to a a wedding. Jim McMahon's youngest kid, whom Jim and I played together in uh, Minnesota together, and we got to be good friends. And his wife then was Nancy. They're 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 exes now, but. Uh, Monica and Nancy got to be great friends and Jim and I were good friends. So we went down to Cabo because their youngest son, Zach, uh, who was two when we first met him, who's now 30, uh, got married. Unbelievable. And so anyway, when we were down in Cabo, my knee felt fantastic. We must have gotten up and walked 10, 12, 15 miles a day on the beach. It was, it was beautiful. First time I'd ever been to Mexico. Um I've not really been to Cancun or this side, but going on the other side of Cabo, we had a great time. The people were super nice and and stayed in a nice place awesome. we, we would go back we awesome. were there for like four days so awesome. anyway i've got a decent tan from that but but you know i had low back surgery i don't know about five or six years ago and my back's doing much better since that so if this uh, turkey juice in my knee can hang in there for a couple more years i hopefully i can get to 55 or 56 before i have to get my knees replaced but uh, you know i'm able to still be active you know what most former NFL guys, I, I actually, I think probably all that I've talked to, I'll say, if you knew now the 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 things that you're dealing with and even having to do surgeries, mm-hmm. would you still have done it and played football? What about you? Yes. What about, everybody says the same thing. Um, I mean, well, everything I've created in, I mean, in my modest uh, kingdom, uh, you know, is probably um, uh, stem off stemmed off of football. You know, playing at the University of Florida and then being fortunate to play six years here with the Bucks. Um, you know, I, you know, being able to open up Culpeper Curlin and get a kind of a following. I think you know, being able to be successful and have a house on Davis Island. I mean, it was all a, a result probably of football in itself. So, I mean, I think I played about twenty years of football, being you know four in high school, then five in college, and then you know nine years in the pros. So, um, yeah, I would do it again. I, I don't, I don't feel any mental issues. I think maybe if I felt uh, I was. Uh, cognitively declining i would be maybe a little bit i would maybe have a different answer right so maybe hit me in 10 years and ask me <laughs> and I'd be like, oh, i wouldn't you you worry about that i mean all the aches and pains i can deal with you know i can get surgeries and get replacements and you know take whatever i need to take in order to kind of live my life but um i'm still able to do hikes and all kinds of this i i, I minimized my running I, I used to run all the time and I, I don't do that anymore i don't do any of the pounding it's more the bike rides monica and i'll ride bikes at 9 p.m sometimes and and so closed chain stuff i do i still i still do do some uh i hit the heavy bag i'll kick and hit you know like a boxing type routine but, Beautiful. but not not as much jumping but no I, I i would do it again i i don't discourage my kids from doing it rex my oldest son he's just now he was a quarterback at syracuse and he's been there five years and he's Matter of fact, he's figuring out which law school to go to. He might go to Florida. He might go to Stetson. Uh, he might go to Miami. He's going to stay down in the state, but uh, he's trying to figure that out. Uh, Stetson's offered him a little bit of money to go there, so I think Beautiful. that's probably in the lead right now for him to do that. But in my, my other son, Judge, uh, was at Penn State, and then they had a coaching change at his position, so it was not advantageous. They wanted him to – he's about 295, and they wanted him to get up to like – the new coach wanted to get him to 320. I'm like, Judge, we're not doing that. So anyway, he transferred and he's at Toledo now and he's real happy. And, and Rocket. Uh, I saw that. Yeah, no, for sure. And and they have a penetration defense, more of a, a one-gap uh, get up the field like I used to play, which he can excel in, not the, the two-gap. When he went to Penn State, they used to have a one-gap, but now they're kind of like they want just some big slogs on the inside. And so uh-huh. anyway – He's playing, and I never discouraged either one of them from playing football. I mean, you know, if they were good at it and they they enjoyed it, you know, so be it. And they were, and they did, and, and they've enjoyed playing it. So my daughter does not play football. But, uh, <laughs> now she's she's actually at NYU playing basketball. I know that. So, wow, um, wow. I, I no, saw yeah. an interview that Judge did recently within a year and uh-huh. he just called like my whole family are badasses or something they're they're all <laughs> well, unbelievable yeah. you know Sans what I mean? his dad but but yeah with, with <laughs> and my mom is even tougher no right no, when she's, she's, a, she's a survivor champ but uh, <laughs> um but no so you know I, I, i've been between you know obviously working and and uh traveling around to 
all the different kids' schools. So now Rex is kind of home, and then he'll he'll head up to law school in the fall. But uh, we always enjoy. I'm, I'm kind of glad this pandemic is almost over. Although, quite frankly, um, we visited Honor, our daughter in New York. Uh-huh. Uh, I want to say five or six times last fall. I mean, during the middle of the pandemic, right. uh, you know, we wear masks everywhere, but. Uh, it was great in New York City because nobody was there. I know. And uh, we ended up going to some fantastic restaurants because you could walk up. You'd eat, you probably, we ate outside for most of the time, but it was tremendous weather in the fall. And uh, God, we ate in some fantastic restaurants cause, that we normally would have to have had a reservation six or eight months in advance. Right. Have, now, we couldn't see any plays or musicals, but uh, we had a good time walking nice. around the village and, and all the places we could see, and it was not crowded. Although, I think that's part of the fun of New York City is the crowds and everything else, but uh, I, I'm, I'm sure we'll get a taste of that in the next few years. Um, I wanted to actually ask you about, like, what did you take away from your stint on Survivor? Huh. Two times for you. And right. I'm wondering, because I know uh, two people that were on reality shows, and they're like, well, the producers come out and they don't, it's not actually scripted, but they right. say, here's what we want to do today, you know, boom. And I'm wondering, how much of Survivor is fake and how much of it is real, Brad? A hundred percent of it is real. Wow. There's no staging as far as things that are happening. Um, however, they can uh, edit things to make them like a situation seem more extreme or more manic or or more depressing or more sad than it really necessarily is. Um, Because you're looking at each episode is uh, three days, uh, roughly. um, So they've got to compress that into like 48 minutes or whatever, however long time there is, you know, without advertising. So a lot of things, there can be something that's happening uh, or, or there's a, there's a, angle with which you're trying to take on the show and something that looks like it's taking 10 minutes like over the elapse of the television show as you watch it really takes place over like say three days I see. so it's like oh my god how do you, how does one not see that those people are all getting together to vote them out you know it's like well wait a minute you're not those conversations are happening late at night one night and maybe early in the morning and so there's no way to really see that I see. but as far as the adventure itself yeah you know monica's played two times and i played two times Times um, we got to play together one time, which was uh, fun and not fun. I, it, we had to play against each other the first time I played, and that uh, that's no fun playing against my wife, and that kind of ruined my game. But once I got out, she was elevated and did, did great, got all the way to the end. Um, and fun. So we that season we played in the Philippines, which was beautiful, the island we were on. But then. So and the first time she played in Samoa, and then second time we played together in the Philippines, way way in Luzon area, way up north in the Philippines, and then the third, the the, the, first, the second time I played, um, we actually filmed majority. I was on a couple different islands, but the majority of the island that I was on, because I ended up coming in second and played forty days, um, was the exact same island that Tom Hanks was on on uh, on whatever uh, Castaway. Yeah, with the you know, with, with the Wilson. Ball. Yes, well, we were. I mean, I was in those caves and and everywhere. So it was oh it was spectacularly God. beautiful in, in Fiji. Um, I, I just like football. There's there's good and bad, but I wouldn't change not doing it. I 100 percent would do it again, and, and although I'd need a couple more surgeries before I'd go back out. Um, <laughs> actually, I had ablations done on my back before both times that I played, which they kind of go in with uh, heat needles and cauterize my low back nerves. So I was able to because you got to sleep in the dirt. And, I mean, it, it's real. There's no commodes. There's there really no, is not. Okay. No, there's very limited food. I mean, they gave us a spear gun, so I was able to spear fish. But the problem is you got to feed everybody else they'll get mad at you so you know i'd probably expend two thousand calories catching 10 fish and you know the fish i would eat would put about you know 500 calories in me so i'm minus 1500 at the end of the day but uh but in in retrospect i mean i still have dreams about how beautiful the water was and you know as you'd sleep on the beach you know or, or right near it you hear the waves crashing on you know all night how about that um i think the toughest part about survivor is the waiting there's there's a, a you know there's a lot of hurry up and wait to get 
because it's a $25 million production and they, they, you know, CBS obviously and Probst and everybody else, uh, Jeff Probst who hosts it. Yes. They put a lot of money and time and effort and the camera guys are fantastic. Most of the guys are from like New Zealand, but, but I mean, they're super, they're pros at what they do and they usually have a, a group of three that follow. There's usually about three sets of three that come to each beach and you got, you know, the camera guy and then you got a guy holding all the gear with him and then you've got a producer that kind of makes sure that you know the right questions are asked or asking questions and kind of following you um but but you know it's it's a production right so yeah, it no, takes it, it, right. it, 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 it takes so big, long big i see but anyway yeah you you get on boats and and go to uh where they're going to have some kind of event and you'll end up sitting for an hour in a hot tent you know waiting for it to happen but the longest wait you have is at night you know, because again, once it gets dark, you know, unless you're going to a tribal council or something, but right. let's say you're not, it's just right. a typical night. You basically kind of go to bed when the sun goes down. I and, see. But, but then the problem is, you know, that's like eight o'clock at night. Um, you're pretty much uncomfortable. I would get crates to put under my feet to, to kind of keep my back better, but, but you're sleeping in dirt and you don't, I mean, I never slept for maybe, maybe if I got two hours in at a time, you know, which was good. So you'd sleep for two hours and be up for, you know, rolling around for an hour, then maybe get another two hours and kind of roll around for an hour and get up, you know, then another two hours. But the worst would be is this, that you could see the moon and, you know, we don't have watches or anything, so you don't have time, but you figured the sun was setting roughly around uh -huh. seven to eight, maybe eight uh -huh. when, the, when it got dark. You'd lay down and then you'd fall asleep and then you'd wake back up and you'd you'd be I'd be excited to think, oh my God, I hope I, you know, I look up and I see the moon has only moved from, from, from 10 o'clock to, to 11 o'clock. And I'm like, oh my God, I, I, I wish it was way over here. So then I'd know it was almost morning. Um, so that, I think night times were the longest. Beautiful now. You could see every star in, in the universe, it seemed like, because there's no uh, light pollution, you know, from a city or anything. Um, but yeah, the waiting, as I Tom Petty would say, was the hardest part. I see. <laughs> now, as the years go on, does it feel like sometimes when maybe you're watching a game on TV or you think, and you're like, wow, that was like a different life almost? Or are there other times where it's like, you know, no, no, man, I really, really remember it. I feel it. Well, what about it? <sighs> it's, it's funny. It does seem like another lifetime ago. I'm being removed from it. Uh, Sometimes it's hard to believe. It's like I can't believe I did that, and the, the pressure when when you play is so severe. Even you know practicing and the, during the draft, and who's going to get drafted and take your spot, and, and going to OTAs and and you know the games and the pressure of filming everything and saying okay, you know, because they're always looking to replace you. I mean, you know, they're they're going to replace Tom Brady one day. They replace Brett Favre. I mean, heck, look at Green Bay. They're they're trying to replace Aaron Rodgers. Um, so regardless of who you are, you're eventually going to be want to be replaced. Some of us are looking, you know, they're looking to replace you, you know, earlier than others. Um, I think my kids have an appreciation more now than, than they did before thinking, God, dad, I cannot believe you played that long. And you know, you were, you were great. <laughs> um, which is kind of fun to hear them say that, but yeah, no, it seems like, and then plus I've been doing this law stuff for since Oh two, it's almost 20 years. So unbelievable. I have been practicing law as long as I played football now at this point. So, you know, fortunately I've been able to pursue other parts of life and, and, and careers so that it really is a rear view mirror. It's not like I have any regrets or say, I wish I'd have, you know, done this longer or done this different. You know, it's kind of like it was a progression kind of ages and stages I did that and gave everything I had to it. And then now I've done this and I'm giving everything I have into it. And, and, uh, fortunate thing about law is that, you know, the longer you do it, the more, um, uh, perceived, uh, the better you are at it. Whereas in pro football, I think the longer you do it, Just you, know, you may get better at it, but your body can't keep up. Right. So as long as I have my wits about me, uh, which I do so far, although I, I had plenty of concussions, but 
I'm an avid reader and crossword puzzler. Really? Yeah. I mean, every every day I feel like I do one crossword. I do the LA Times one. And then on Sunday I do the uh, Washington Post. They have a real good one. You're the most interesting man. I mean, no. (laughs) Even when you were playing, even when you were playing, then you're going for your, you're still doing your schooling and master's. And then the lawyer, like, no, I got my law degree while I was playing. Who does that to make it to the NFL? Who does that? Not not many. Now, you mentioned Brady. Oh, my God. I, I, on, on, unreal really to have is. that much fame and fortune and right. rings and to still be driven you are are you still his neighbor are you still close by he, um, did he they just actually just moved okay. I think like two weeks ago oh my uh, goodness maybe, maybe a week ago um, they were in I'm direct neighbors with uh, Derek Jeter's house right so I mean it's 10 feet away um we're just south of, of Derek's house, and Tom was there for a year, in fact, um, maybe, maybe a year plus. Yeah, there were some reports that he'd moved to Clearwater or somewhere else, and he, he never did. Uh-huh. Um, so they've actually, I think, moved to another house on the island. It's obviously going to be smaller than Jeter's because Jeter's is the biggest house on the, on the block. Um, so, uh, yeah, they've moved out. But their boat, uh, the, the blue boat that they had in the parade, it's actually still – it's on a – a big lift and I, I think they've agreed to the people that bought the property that can they leave the boat there because uh, I don't think they can put it wherever they are gotcha now. did um, you get so a I'll chance see, to see yeah, yeah, him no, no, yeah, for sure. no, I, I, I would talk to you know Tom would be out back and we'd be grilling or whatever and you no, know, he was very friendly um, no I got to know him matter of fact uh, um, you know I'm not the type to you know to gaga anything so I, I think the first couple times we would talk um, Monica would be up on the deck or I would be down grilling or whatever. And, and she's cause you know, you're kind of ignoring him. And I said, I, you know, he probably is walking in, you know, back in the house saying, yeah, I don't think my neighbor knows who I am. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously I did, but anyway, Tom, Tom was, you know, when they would go out on the boat, we would see him and wave and talk and whatever. I think I talked to him right before he got his knee surgery and I had just had my hip surgery. So he saw me on crutches and said, what you got? And I was like, I got a hip deal. And he goes, yeah, I got about to do a knee deal. I said, well, good luck with that. And I think it was his, some something. I was like, uh, but he seems to have bounced back. But, you know, what he did this season is unbelievable. It really, I mean, obviously his career has been unbelievable. Who wins that many Super Bowls? But, but to take a team that really no one had projected to, you know, just to make the playoffs was going to be a, a, a better situation than had been for a long time here. Um but to get all the way in and to win the Super Bowl, and it, you know, we had obviously the defense played great, the coaching was good, and all the skill positions. But make no mistake, I mean, it started the head of the snake is Tom Brady, and you know, even his approach to the game and his attitude and the belief that he instilled in everybody else of, hey, we're not only gonna, we can get there and win it. You know, I mean, it's hard to get there, but it's hard to win it too, and and he'll his if he doesn't have a statue i mean his number will be retired even no matter how long he plays here even if it's just one more year and they don't do good next year i mean for him to come in and win the super bowl was was amazing and all the credit you can't give him all the credit but i, I give him 90 percent of the credit for what he did it's incredible did uh did he ever like uh, throw in his backyard or anything, or does he ever do? Or he was low? Was he really low key? Or yeah, no, I don't know. know. We, we, there, there's a big uh, bamboo uh, kind of along the fence, so I, I we and I'm not the type that would pry, but no, I, I you know they had they had a uh, trampoline back there, and the kids would all. But no, I would mainly see him when he would go on his boat. So I'll probably still see him because the boat's there. I'll see him when he nice. goes on his boat and does stuff like that. Um, Were you at the boat parade or stay away from that? That was unbelievable. Stay away from that. You know, it was, um, you know, we saw them all go. I think uh, Gronk and that crew uh, came by his house. Uh, You know, it's hard to, that's what happens when he's, when people realize where he lives. I mean, golly, the boat traffic and actually the car traffic, you know, (laughs) Jeter's place is really blocked in and and there's a lot of protection. I don't know where he is now, but Uh I can't imagine they've got the protection they had at Jeter's, but you know, hopefully fans will give him space but during the boat parade there was a million boats that were coming and they kind of followed him around and then um no i stayed off my it was it's like gasparilla you know you really yeah. don't i mean yeah. you can go out you better be first of all you better be sober if you're driving the boat uh 
But uh, second of all, I mean, it's just there's so much chaos that I can go out tomorrow and have no chaos and enjoy my boat. So I, I save my boat trips for less traffic than <laughs> boat parades and, and, and Gasparilla. But I loved it when he threw the trophy. Oh, he, he was walking out. He said, the, uh, uh, it was great. No, absolutely. Was great. He's, a, he's a human. He's, I mean, that, that's something I would have done a long time ago. Unfortunately, I don't know how smart that is. Maybe, man, I, I'm probably my throw or catch would not have been as graceful as his and, and whoever caught it. Uh, I guess Braid caught it. Uh, but um, yeah, no, Sap and I would have probably thrown it in the bay. Uh, you know, if that was a serious. But no, I was happy. He let his hair down and had a few beverages. I mean, listen, you win the Super Bowl. He, you do that for two months. <laughs> you know, you just mentioned Sap. And to this day, I, I mean, I have so much respect. Right. He also, to this day, still intimidates me. And you always smile and you played and you were side by side with yeah. Sap. Do you, In fact, we do just had know? dinner not too bad about, really? about a month ago. Yeah, we, he took me to a, a place up up where he stays when he comes in town. And we had a good time. Booger came out and and, uh, um, and, and Brooks was supposed to come, but he, he didn't show up. But no, Warren and I text all the time and, and uh, he's supposed to come out to go on my boat matter of fact he just got the invite for john lynch's hall of fame so i, I know oh, sap will be great. going up for that so monica and i'll head up we went up for sap's induction and we'll, we'll, we'll go up for john's um but anyway every time he's in town he'll text me and come over and we we, we have a good time but no he, i can understand you being intense he's still t- intimidated guy he's still he, you know he's not small uh <laughs> and he's definitely got his opinion on on different things um Fortunately, he and I are both politically uh, aligned. Uh, we weren't necessarily biggest fans of, of the last president, but so that helps also foster our good relationship. But uh, no, he's a he's a bit of an enigma, without a doubt. Uh, and and uh, I could see where I think I don't think that's abnormal for you to be a little bit like uh, I admit you know, it. I admit and, it. And, but and, so what's your respect though? Oh no, my God, sure. how smart he is! People don't oh, know. No, 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 yeah. he, uh, I mean, he was an, an athlete, greatest, You know, I mean, you, you could argue that he, you know, was top three defensive tackles ever to play the game. Unfortunately, I played with Johnny Randall too. I'd put him in that same sentence. So I was fortunate to play with with Johnny and with with Warren. Both those guys were, you know, they they almost changed the position. They both played the same position, but they were both super disruptive. Um, you know, unlike any three techniques had been in, in the past and uh you know it, it kind of changed football you really had to worry about that specific defensive tackle going into game plans both those guys kind of changed that position what well, yeah what what made what made so what was it that he did that, that others well, couldn't do? What I, was it that warren was was aaron donald before aaron donald so aaron donald and make no mistake aaron donald is the most dominant defensive player out there he is a great football player but a lot of what he does is what Sap did, um, and and it was kind of that jump through. You know, it's, it's I'm getting inside baseball here, yeah, but okay. uh, um, you know, it, it's a cross hand type jump through type move, um, and what Warren could do. So so Warren could basically he's lined outside the guard, uh-huh. right, and and he could get he could take his inside hand and and cross chop it and then turn his hips so he could basically run to get to the quarterback in about five steps i mean and and that's easy to say and hard to do um and aaron donald can kind of do that and but what that does it sets up so if a guard's on an island meaning he's got no help from the tackler or or center which was the way i used to like to put sap Marinelli, Coach Marinelli would, you know, allow me to kind of get Sap in the right spot away from where a slide protection because you want to put, you know, him, if you can single him up, you know, with just one-on-one with one guard to block Warren Sap. Uh-huh. Nine, t- nine times out of ten, that quarterback's either got to get rid of it fast or he's going to get hit. Um, so anyway, but but by Warren being able to really turn a corner on the outside arm of the guard that forced the guard to kind of go way out and sap could then come up underneath i see so but sap's way to get around because that you got to have the fastball and his fastball is being able to turn the corner on the outside of of the guard that that opens up the inside because the guard's got to really jump out 
And then Johnny Randall did the same type of thing, but his move was just a straight rip. He could get underneath a guard's shoulder. So it's a, it's a different move, but it's the same result. He could get to the quarter, get to the quarterback in five steps, you know, because he had that much strength and leverage, and he was a little guy. I mean, you know, I say little, but I mean he was only two seventy, all muscle, Johnny, and uh, he could do it. But by him being able to turn a corner. You know, again, the guard had to jump out to try to stop it, and that opens up the inside. And Aaron Donald's the same type of way. He's got more of a the, the sap kind of approach, you know, maybe even a little bit quicker. Sap was a little more powerful um, than Aaron Donald. But Aaron Donald is, gosh, he's cat quick, and he can just jump up field, which, again, forces the guard to really jump out, and then it opens up the inside. So what I used to do with sap, too, is is – so it would help me because let's say this. So I've got him, and again, it's this is inside baseball or inside uh-huh. football, but but we'll talk we about it. it. Usually, a center will slide away from the offset back, right? So if I know that a center is going to slide my way, uh-huh. right? So I'll get on that side and I'll line up kind of over the center, right in the gap between the center and guard. Okay. This guard over here knows he's on an island blocking Warren Sapp uh-huh. by himself. Uh-huh. And so the center knows that that. So the center is going to want to kind of cheat back after he slides. So if I kind of scoop myself out a little bit, so I'm more over the guard, I would then kind of go to the outside, upon the snap of the ball, the center sliding my way. He sees me going away from him and kind of going to the outside gap of the guard. Mm-hmm. So he then turns back to help the other guard because he's trying to give this other guard some extra help, thinking that I'm going to go on the outside of the guard. Well, I know, <laughs> I know that the guard who's blocking me thinks he has center help, right? So he's actually going to play me hard to the outside and let me go inside thinking the guards, I mean, the center's going to be there to pick me up. Beautiful. Well, if the, if the center, if I head out and the center slides, he's going to go back to sap as fast as he can. I'll go back inside. The guard will think that he's got inside help from the center when he doesn't because the center's going back to help the other guard and I'll come scot-free and hit the quarterback. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> there were certain situations where I would really set myself up because I know that they were all afraid of, of you know, leaving somebody one-on-one with sap. So... There were actually were very cerebral situations that I was able to utilize to have 35 sacks as a nose guard in the NFL. <laughs> you know, you mentioned John Lynch. How about, here's another guy. You, you guys, man, so driven. He pitched baseball. Yeah. He could, okay. He, he, you know, he made himself. He was in such a hard hitter and all this and smart and the work ethic. Okay, boom, yeah. he's Hall of Famer. Then he yes. goes into broadcasting. Then he yeah. keeps moving up. And yeah, then he, he goes to be the GM. Right. And he had never been a GM. No. And the year before, they're in the, the Super Bowl. How about, like, John Lynch? Actually, no, no. John's kind of a renaissance man in himself. I mean, obviously a great athlete, you know, throughout the first ball. It was a minor league game, but for the Marlins, it was the first pitcher. Um and I guess his his big thing, you know, he went to Stanford as a quarterback, and I, I think uh, Bill Walsh, I think, called in Big John, his dad, uh-huh. said, "Look, I want to make John a, a safety, and and uh, I think he'd be really good at defense." And you know, and I think they very much balked at that the first time when they first heard it, but then they uh, unwillingly uh, accepted that position instead of transferring out or something. And, and uh, so he moved to safety and I guess the rest is history. Although uh, if John played now, I, he would, he'd be playing for free cause he'd be fined every, every, every second. <laughs> it's, but, true. Uh, it's true. John and I were, were fortunate. We, we, on the, on the road, actually home games too, we roomed together. So we, John and I got to know each other real well. And, and, uh, I was real excited for him to get in the Hall of Fame. He's definitely worth it. I mean, anybody who's got their name on two stadiums uh, deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, uh, and he does have that. Um, but yeah, they it's players like John. They changed the game because of you know the vicious hits he used to he's put on people. I mean, you know. I, I tell you what, we used to call it friendly fire, but God, he used to drill us in the back too. You know, he'd be flying, flying up and, you know, it's not an exact science of hitting the running back. If you're flying up and you're putting your head down and you're hitting, you're going to hit somebody. So Sap and I used to get hit all the time by 47, putting his helmet right in our back. Oh, um, ouch. No, yeah, it was, it was part of part of it. I, you know, we would get on after the game, so I was like, you know, which one's from Lynch? And, you know, <laughs> really? Unfortunately, you could see my bruises on me worse than on him. Um, but no, and then John moved. I think the, the smartest thing John does, and of course, obviously, the, the longer he's in the, the GM position, the more he knows. But I think getting into it, he realized it was a new thing, and I think he wasn't afraid to ask questions and surround himself with people who knew a lot about certain things. And and uh, I, I, so I think 
in, in a leadership role, you got to realize what you don't know, which I think early on is a lot. And, you know, you got to, you can't be afraid of saying, okay, talk to me and you know, tell me, tell me and, you know, listen to what regional scouts have to say and then listen to what trainers have to say and listen. I mean, as a GM, you got to know everything. Strength guys have to say. And, and so you got to be a good listener for sure, you know, early in, in that position. And then you want to hire people who, you know, you don't feel threatened by. And, and you sure. know, he, I think he was confident enough in himself that, that he wouldn't feel threatened by somebody. I think there's some people that are insecure and, and wouldn't want to hire on good people because they're afraid they'd take their job or something like that. And then that, that goes in any kind of profession, but John, you know, knows football and he's, he's not afraid to learn. And, and uh, I think if you asked him now, you know, <laughs> What did John Lynch, when when he first took over that position, know compared to what John Lynch knows now? He'd be like, "Oh my God, I was an idiot." He probably, you know, I, who knows what sure, he'd say, but sure. I, I would imagine he would say, I'm "Not an idiot, but yeah, God, I, I was so naive, thinking, you know, that I actually had a grip on thing. I probably didn't know anything." And um, but that hard work is is why you know they were able to get in the draft and draft a good player. They've got two good two good quarterbacks right now, which is a a, a commodity in the NFL. You really have to. You know, they've been unfortunate with the injury bug with Garoppolo, you know, since mm -hmm. the Super Bowl that, you know, it's it's really hard to win unless you got a really good you know second quarterback these days. You know, um, very rarely are you uh, able to have a, a team with, you know, a Tom Brady who doesn't get hurt. You know, he's only been hurt one time in his career. I, I say that he's only yeah. been out one yeah. time. He's probably been hurt his whole career, but but <laughs> he's only been out for one season. Clyde Christensen said he didn't even miss one practice, one right. one practice right. this year. How about that? How about no, that? You, know? you know that that you know Peyton Manning was the same type of way. You know, Drew Brees. Although Drew Brees at towards the end started missing, sure. but Peyton. Sure. You know, I mean, that guy was an Iron Man. You know, he was able to play but that, that's a rarity most of the times you run into situations you know ben big ben roethlisberger is a great quarterback but he's in and out of it and at pittsburgh right you know, they try right. to make it but without him you know they're not the team and so with the 49ers right now you know if this trade lance is what they think he can be you know they can basically treat it like a green bay aaron Rodgers situation have garoppolo play and, and slowly that guy will come in and you know I, i'm sure they want him to be you know, like Mahomes. Sure. Um, I don't know if he'll be Mahomes because I don't know who can be him. That, that guy's, he's got quite a future and has quite a past. <laughs> yes, he does. All right. In closing, uh, I guess you, you, you know, you've been through a lot and, uh, the, the one thing, how's Rex doing? Is he doing? Oh, yeah. Beautiful. Rex had that, testicular cancer oh and he's cancer free. And his apparent um, stuff. I don't yeah, know. I no, can't it, imagine. Was, it was no I fun. He had, uh, you know, a hundred rounds of, of chemo. Um, one of them was actually a bad situation. There was a bad mix and something happened. I don't want to say he coded, but it was close to that. It was, it was oh a bad God. situation. But he's, anyway, he's cancer free. He's beautiful. in great shape. He, you know, through. I think 11 touchdowns last year for Syracuse had his football fix and now he's going to go be a lawyer and, and uh, I'm happy for that. He's ready to move on to the next stage in his life, but uh, no, there's no health. He's in great shape. I got the kid, of course he hasn't cut his hair. Um, <laughs> so he looks a little bit like some of the depictions of Jesus. Uh, I'm not quite sure what Jesus looked like, but, but I, he, a lot of people sometimes think cause his hair is real flowing. So eventually I think when he starts to practice law, he'll probably get it cut like a, a, a true, I guess, professional but you know all my kids look at old pictures of me and say oh yeah dad you can't complain about it. look at look, look what you look like look at those lamb chops on the side of your face i'm like listen i i got it i i, I got no problem mom has more of a problem with long hair than, than than dad but anyway he's in great shape i appreciate you asking and and uh moffitt cancer center does an amazing job they, they really do i can't say enough I about how, how, how well they treated him and us and and uh fixed his problem is there anything that you would like to still accomplish? I mean, your day-to-day -day grinding here, ckfirm.com, yeah. with the kids keeping you busy, they're, they're growing up now. I, you know, what are, I don't know. I, I've just... not done as much European travel. Ah, you know, I, ah. I think Monica and I, in our golden years, uh, uh, you know, in our 50s, I think we would enjoy doing, you know, France and England and, and Spain and, and the Mediterranean doing some stuff like that. We, we have not, I mean, we've done the South Pacific with survivor and actually when I first joined the Vikings, we were able to, uh, when I was drafted there, they had a, uh, 
they used to have overseas games. We played one game in, in Berlin. It was preseason. And uh, so we got to spend a week in Berlin. That's my second year in the league. And the third year in the league, we went to Japan and we played in the Tokyo Bowl. Um, so those were kind of fun trips. So I, I think if you ask me, you know, what the next step, I think we enjoy traveling, seeing the Europe part. We've done all the entire United States. We've taken the kids out west and seen every Yosemite right. and Glacier and, and everything in Utah and uh, New Mexico and California. So I think uh, our next thing would be some European fun. I love your zest for life, man. You've always been <laughs> well, good to be all man. we get, you know. I, yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Don't, I don't take it for granted, right? No, for sure. Thanks, Brad. You got it, Rock. So see, not everything you read or hear is true. So Brady did not move to clear water. He's living somewhere not far from the Jeter mansion. That's another thing that Brady had to do. You know what? You know how much of a pain in the ass moving is? Now, granted, Brady and Giselle have so much money. But still, you're in a new environment. You're used to a new team. You got a, you got pressure on you to win the Super Bowl with, with a team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You get that done. But you also got to move or look to move because Jeter says, hey, I'm going to sell my place now. I told you about that now. You can rent it. You got to move. Now they got to move and they still got to get another place. Since uh, this taping, which was only a couple of days ago, so it's very, very current, Brady has bought another yacht. Now, the yacht that Brad was talking about and how nice are the people that bought Derek Jeter's mansion? Brady said, hey, man, can I leave my yacht here? on this dock because the place we're going to here, another little place on Davis Island, it's not as big. I don't have enough room. No problem. I Maybe he gave him a little bit of money. I don't know. So the new owners that have bought Jeter's mansion said, you can, you can keep your yacht here. So Brady has upgraded that yacht, that boat that he was on for the Super Bowl parade. And when he threw that Lombardi trophy, it was not quite big enough. Brady loves being on the water with the jet skis, the boats, living here in the Tampa Bay area, that he bought a new yacht. This one is $6 million. Now, I don't know where he's got this bad boy stored. Uh, and there have been reports that they're looking to build. And, and Jeter even, I mean, uh, Brady even said he's not moving anywhere. But I thought it was great when Brad was just like, you know, right across the fence. You know, Brad, Brad Culpepper's grilling out. And there's Tom. And Tom's out on his dock. And, hey, Tom, how you doing? They're just shooting the shit. Yeah, what you got? I got a hip. And he sees him on crutches. Oh, I got a knee deal. Uh, I just think that is so interesting. And how about what he said, the amount of traffic, people trying to drive up to see Brady's house or see Tom Brady or the boat, the boats coming up, how that increased so much more than Jeter when Jeter was living there all that time. Isn't that interesting? That shows you Brady's got a bigger draw, a bigger brand name. People want to see Tom Brady more than they do uh, Derek Jeter. So my thanks to Brad, and, uh, you know, I really appreciate it. I really appreciate it. And also, so, so an update. So Kyle Trask is out of the University of Florida. For those non-football fans that follow me, uh, I don't know if I have any, but if I do, I'm not going to get into X's and O's on this podcast. Hell no. And I don't want to bore you. I don't want to bore myself. But Kyle Trask was drafted, and it's a long shot. It's it's a project. They must, you know, they second round. Brady called him a day after the draft, and Kyle Trask said he's already like, when are you getting into town? I want to throw with you. Like Brady is still driven, and and how about that? He reaches out to the to the young quarterback they draft and says, "Get down here. I want to throw with you." He is looking to help out and mentor. It really, really is something. Now, when is father time going to hit? It's undefeated. I remember Jerry Rice saying, father time has never had a loss. When it's time, father time's going to come and get you. And you don't want to overstay. You don't want to stay too long. You know, I was thinking about this for myself. Like I was 18 years at Bay News 9 a regional news local network. Beta's 9 slash Bright House Sports Network Spectrum. And I was there 18 years. And I did not go out on my own terms. I mean, they wanted to do more high school than I thought. You know, 
blah, blah, blah. So, all right, I go in a different direction. That's fine. I wasn't quite sure. The boss was really not say ever talking to me much. So I knew it could go either way. I made quite a bit of money for that time, even though I would have taken a uh, reduction. They don't do that. But whatever. But I was called in and he, oh, you're going to come in early today? Can you come in early today? What time are you coming in early? Oh, okay. Sounded up. When I got in there, he took my hand and then he said, we're not going to renew you. You know, it's time. And I was like, okay. And blah, blah, blah. The human resources guy comes down. I said, okay, can I get my clothes? I got my shirts, ties and jackets. And yeah, yeah, we'll follow. And he had to follow me and follow me to the door. Like I'm going to do something. I had a flawless record. I'm not a bad guy, but it just, you know, and, and, and in the end, it must've been meant to be, you know, it's been about three years now, three, three and a half years or so since then, three, four, whatever. Um, but I, no, I didn't really go out on my terms. You know, they told me that's okay. 18 years, boom. You know, you don't want to overstay where it's bad. Had I been stuttering, not a good worker, really bad appearance, really aged, you know, I can understand. But I think I have something left in the tank, you know. But what? Okay, it's business. But I'm just thinking of those that try to stay too long. But it's hard when you're getting paid well, you know, to walk away. Right. I'm going to walk away from my salary, my benefits and all that jazz. And I'm not trying to compare myself to the Brady and these NFL guys, Major League Baseball players, NHL, NBA, that type of thing. But I'm like I saw a report before I started taping this here today with, you know, the Steelers GM. He's put on the spot. We're really not sure about like Ben Roethlisberger is beat up and it might be a rough, rough year. Like, look at uh, New Orleans Saints, Drew Brees. He had a punctured lung. He had broken, didn't he have broken ribs? And then he's tried to play. But I have so many people say, oh, Brad, he stayed, he looked bad. He looked bad. The guy was like uh, the walking wounded. And he, you know, and he didn't want to end it like that. But he must have come to a realization, you know, how much better can I get back? Like father time is here. There was a reason why I was so beat up. Man, meanwhile, he's got a really nice, cushy broadcasting job waiting. So he's going to take that. And I can understand that. And so that's it. That's it. But you don't want to, you don't want to stay too long. But for Brady, you know, oh my God, there was a clip that, you know, ESPN and some of these guys, the big names, you know, were like, he's done. He's washed up. He doesn't have the arm strength. There's no mobility. He's done. He's done. And that was during this season. And Brady retweeted that video and said, like, it, 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 it basically, it just fuels him. But it is going to happen. And as Brad Culpepper said there, your time eventually is going to be up. Wherever you are, your time is going to end there. And it's really, really great if you can walk away. That's why when I said I took so much heat on posting uh, my topic when I had said really early on with this podcast, if I were Brady, I, again, I'm not in his shoes. I would like to walk away now, like on top. You did it with Bill Belichick and the Patriots and you got six rings. But in one year where there was no practicing in the off season, yeah, you threw at a high school and that type of thing in Ranger. But I'm saying you didn't have any preseason games, nothing. And you end up taking a franchise that had been sorry, 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 sorry. And you take them and win the Super Bowl. And what did Brad say there? Boy, is it hard to get there. It's damn hard to win it all. Oh, my God. And you did it without Belichick. You did it without being the Patriot way. It was loosened up. You were Instagramming and tweeting and having fun and all this chess. And you got it done. And you're 43 years old. Damn, I would have been like, you know what? Now, now you are. And you are definitely the GOAT. What are the chances of everything falling into place, even though they brought over all their starters back, which is wonderful and all that, but it's a new damn year. Things change. And for them, look at the Kansas City Chiefs and Mahomes. Wouldn't you have thought that Patrick Mahomes, this kid is unstoppable. He's so young. Oh my God, the Chiefs, they even had additions. Andy Reid's their coach. Oh, they're it. They're it. They they looked horrible in the Super Bowl. The chances to repeat again, but Brady is driven. 
and the fact that he called this young kid Kyle Trask. Do you think Brady needs to do that? He can he can help him out when he's there. I mean, they show up for offseason workouts. You know, so I just think it's. Uh, it's a different deal. It's a different deal. And I'm going to keep up with my sources just to give you a little behind the scenes of Brady. Where is he going to build here and da 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 and things like that. And I have one more scoop and it's not sports wise that Molly Cyrus has been living in Tampa Bay, in Tampa this whole during the pandemic and everything. Did, did Is that news? Like, I, I think that's new. I didn't know that. I won't give away my source. Also, uh, I think another uh, superstar player for the Philadelphia Phillies, the Phillies have spring training in Clearwater, was also living on that street. Nobody knew about that. So, yeah, I'm just trying to give you a little inside Iggy to bring to you. All right, what do we got going on? What do we got cooking here today? What do you miss most? What have you missed most with Rona, with the pandemic? For me, I think it's like live music, live, like a live concert. Now, I'm not a big concert goer. I used to always have a hookup when you worked in radio, when I worked in TV, there was never, there, there was no prize closet. There was, there was nothing like that, but I used to be able to get the hook up, go down to the, and ask, Hey, any extra tickets floating around? And then sometimes they would. So I really wouldn't have to pay, but now things have changed. I got to pay. <laughs> so that precludes me from going to these concerts. They cost so much money, but I missed that. And I noticed it when I went out to an outdoor live deal with a local a very successful local band. Then it was outdoors. And I was like, I talked about that a couple weeks ago. I was like, I found myself like dancing by myself, drinking my beer. Just like I, I was just out of, just so happy, so happy. And I think the concerts are going to be coming back now. You know, we're getting more and more fans to go to these games. I had a, a buddy went to a hockey game the other day, first time in, you know, over a year, year and a half. And he's like, oh, my God, I just miss this so much. Hanging with my buddy, you know, drinking a cold one, the the crowd, you know, the the, the all the stuff that's going on in the arena live. There's nothing like live. I know over the last decade, uh, attendance is down, football, basketball, baseball, all that. And yeah, you got the in-game, the, you know, your home, you probably got your big screen TV and you know, you, it's very cheap for your beer and your food and you don't have to wait online maybe to, to take a leak. You know, I, I, I understand don't have to go to parking, but there still is something about being at a live event, especially a live concert. Now, I, I don't I tried the streaming like a live show during the pandemic. I it didn't do much for me. I, I, you know, a band, they're, they're jamming and then they finish and then there's, there's no applause. Like it's just, they're, 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 nobody says anything. Have you ever noticed bands that have been around a long time? They don't say a damn word to one another. <laughs> they don't say a damn word to one another. It's almost like major league baseball players. You know, there's not too much going on in the dugout. A guy gets a home run, they might do a little high five, this and that. If it's a, a amateur and they're running out, they're going crazy. Not all, not all, but I'm just saying that's that's the biggest thing for me. I cannot wait to get live. Now, here's the other thing. I'm not going to continue to harp on these like Logan Paul and Jake Paul, the YouTubers, but I've got to give them credit. They know how to get under people's skin and get people talking about them. They are damn good at it. And I am trying to grow this podcast and it's a little harder than I thought. The people that know me, a small stinking circle. Yeah, they love it. And I think I'm bringing you different guests and entertaining, you know, not X's and O's, but to grow the podcast is it's hard. I got to get in. I got to get something out. And I started thinking, I'm like, okay, what can I do? And I was almost the other night. I'm like, okay, I cannot, I actually can't stand Jake Paul and Logan Paul. Like I can't stand those guys, the YouTubers that are boxing now. 
But I'm like, I give them credit. They, they, they get under people's skin. They get a Floyd Mayweather skin, Floyd, you know, but they know how to bring attention. And I thought, okay, to, to grow this podcast, I will agree. I thought about this. I would agree. And I bounced this off my son last night. I would agree to get an LP Logan Paul tattoo on me, on my arm. If he loses to Floyd Mayweather, because I am that confident that Floyd Mayweather 50 and zero. The greatest pound for pound. One of the top 50 and 0. He's 50 and stinking 0. There's no way he's going to lose to Logan Paul. Logan Paul's 0 and 1. You know, Jake Paul has got some power. And all it all it takes is one punch. And I heard a former NFL player the other day say, you never know. The Paul boy, uh, Logan Paul, he can hit Mayweather with one punch. What if he connects and knocks his ass out? Can you imagine that? And when I heard this former NFL player say that, I'm like, holy shit. How embarrassing would that be for me to walk around the rest of my life with an LP Logan Paul tattoo just to try to go viral to grow my, get the rock stops here name, real rock Raleigh, get it out there so I can grow this damn thing. Is it worth it? And what if I don't get many more uh, clicks, subscribers? <laughs> and that is a damn possibility. And then when I heard this former player said, you never know, all it takes is one punch and he can knock Mayweather out. Oh my God, that would be terrible. And then I still have the same amount of uh, subscribers to my podcast and I got a tattoo of Logan Paul. You know what? I got to think of something else. <laughs> I've got to think about something else. So anyway, we're hanging. Uh, I'm doing the best that I can. Oh, oh, you know what else too I was thinking? I, I saw this. Like when I asked you guys, what else do you miss? What do you miss uh, about like live events, concerts, games, things like that? Do you eat ballpark food? In other words, do you eat food that you might get at a at a game that you do not eat at home or even get takeout or when you are not at a ballpark? Like, I got to raise my hand. I know hot dogs are no good for you, you know, and we were kids. That was one of the regular things, maybe once every two weeks, maybe. Maybe even once a week, we would eat hamburger or hot dogs. Now, I eat hamburgers. I do lean. I do the lean uh, meat. And I know it's got protein, but I know it's probably not good for me. But what the hell? We're all going to go, right? I can't give up everything. But I know hot dogs and with the sodium, you know, and blah, blah, blah. So my daughter likes it. She got introduced by, to it a couple of years ago. Like, uh, trying to stay away. But when I go to a ballpark, like when I go to a game, Give me a dog. Give me a dog. I put the mustard on it. I put the relish on it. Oh, my God. It tastes delish. Delish. I also will go with the, a pretzel with the mustard on it, where I never at home have a pretzel with mustard. You know? Beer? I drink beer here. I drink beer there. Uh, that's about the same. But you know what made me think of that? Charlie Manuel is a former Philadelphia Phillies manager, baseball manager, skipper. And I I should look it up. I am assuming he's still in the uh, Phillies organization because he just posted a picture in minor league baseball is back, by the way, minor league baseball, which is very enjoyable to go to minor league games. You always got a lot going on. Very entertaining. And I like to see some young kids, you know, kids coming up. But anyway, Charlie Manuel posted a picture. Now he's up there in age. He doesn't look like he is the uh, epitome of health, right? And he posted a picture of a hot dog and French fries and Charlie Manuel on social media. something like takeout. And you should see these comments like, Charlie, you know, watch your health or enjoy, enjoy. And I thought, there's Charlie Manuel. How old is he? What's his health like? He's doing a dog. He's doing fries, you know, and, and, and the picture looked great. It looked like he's up in the little press box which is small it's a it's an it's a beautiful little stadium in in clearwater florida they're called the clearwater threshers they're they're the a-ball team and somebody said looks like a great day you're at a ballpark it was sunny skies 80 degrees 
and it's at the open window outdoor and you're sitting there and you're having a dog and fries. Does that sound good to you? That sounds damn good to me. So you know what? On that note, I think we will wait until next week. Uh, I got a couple. I got one that I just taped. I might go with that. I'm also waiting on something that might be hysterical. Uh, So we'll see. Tell your friends. Tell your people. to Mention it, man. Subscribe. Even leave a comment. Help me out here. And I appreciate you so much. Until next week. It will be better off this week, next week, than we will this week, right? Right, 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 right? Thanks, guys. I'll talk to you next week. I'm Jerry Petuck, CEO of Radio Influence. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thank you for downloading and subscribing to this podcast. There are a lot of people behind the scenes here at Radio Influence that work hard to keep you entertained day in and day out. If you'd like to get involved and advertise on this program or you have some show ideas that you'd like to see us add to the Radio Influence family, please email us at contact at radioinfluence.com. We all have crazy schedules, so the fact that you took time out of your busy day to let us entertain you for a while means a lot. Without you, the listeners, we wouldn't exist. So thank you again for downloading and subscribing to this show. Don't forget to check out radioinfluence.com to see what other shows we also have to offer. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and of course, RadioInfluence.com. <laughs>